Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined in this pre-playoff edition by our beat reporters, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman here in the STL. Uh, well, fellas, it's that time of year. But before we look forward to the playoffs, let's uh, do a quick review. First of the, the last couple of games against the Minnesota Wild. And, and JT, I think the Chief was hoping for a more um, a more robust opponent these last two games to try to get his, uh, his boys into the, into the playoff mindset. And we saw a lot of pond hockey instead. Yeah, we did. And uh, if we thought the blues weren't uh, uh, uber motivated for, for these last two games, Oh my God, the, the wild now. Okay. So they, they came out with a, with a, with a little more gusto uh, on uh, uh, Thursday night, but Oh, Wednesday. Yeah. It just, uh, it just wasn't there. And then when you looked at the lineup, as I wrote today, it looked like kind of that, you know, that kind of that dress rehearsal late in the preseason game where you play a good amount of the regulars, but you still have a bunch of fringe players in there. That's, that's what the lineups look like. And unfortunately that's what the game looked like in the, in the, in the first period in, in terms of, uh, in terms of intensity, but uh, it was a great response by the team. Nonetheless, last night, I love Braden Shen's uh, comment where he said chief, chief came in the locker room in the first intermission and said, we're not going to play this way tonight. And uh, so they regrouped, they talked about it. They came out and they scored seven goals. I, you know, Jim had the game story last night and I had the notebook. So I, I had filed early. And after the first, during the first intermission, I was like, why am I here? Why? why? I could be home right now. <laughs> uh, should I leave? I could go home and watch the rest on TV. But then it turned out to be one of the most entertaining games of the, of the season last night, which I guess, you know, helps when the opponent is, uh, is phoning it in. But uh, yeah, you know, that first game though, there, but for the grace of Ville Husso, uh, could have been a loss, but uh, we saw the game of Ville Husso's life there uh, in the first game of those two. And uh, you know, that we'll probably not see him play again this season, but that was a uh, good going forward just to let people know, Hey, Ville Husso can be your backup goalie. And uh, we know one more thing on the, uh, these last two games, I guess, if you're looking for the positives, it's never a bad thing to get guys uh, scoring and particularly guys that you're going to need in the, in the postseason. But uh, so, you know, if you're trying to find the silver lining in the, amid all that, uh, you know, with all that cloudiness of those of just a sloppy effort and all sorts of defensive breakdowns, well, at least a bunch of guys feel a little better about their offensive game, JT. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, especially Zach Sanford, but even a guy like, uh, <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Much better. Even a guy like Braden Shen, who, 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 uh, you know, he scored a couple goals down the stretch, but really had been, uh, had been struggling. <laughs> Tom, you go ahead. <laughs> you got goals from Shen. You got Jordan Cairo, a pair of goals. Tory Krug breaks his, uh, you know, three month long schneid. Um, there was, uh, there was good to see and good to see the power play, uh, put in three goals. So there were, uh, there were lots of guys doing lots of things. And um, yeah, that was a, uh, everyone can feel good. I, I'm not trying to think right now, who is the people who can't feel good on how their uh, season is going. And other than the injured guys, I think everyone is probably, um, you know, doing good right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even uh, Colton Pareko, uh, 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 you know, he, he scored a goal uh, before he, he sat out the, uh, the second game of the series. So uh uh, yeah, that's like you say, it's, it's always good. To, it's amazing. Once a couple of guys scored, they also started saying, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I can try to score too. So, 
Now, if we look back just to do a quick review of the regular season, obviously an amazingly uneven uh, season. Guys coming and going from the lineup throughout the, the campaign. Um, surprisingly, uh, surprisingly poor uh, performance at home until the very end. Um, lots and lots of frustration over the course of it. And again, if I'm going to try to find a positive note, <clears throat> I certainly have written about this before, is that they did along the way play some younger guys. And, um, and maybe there was some growth, you know, you talk about Billy Huso, he's, he proved he could hold up as a backup, um, goaltender in along the way, they've had to test, you know, uh, you know, Mikola, they've had, uh, you know, they tried Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo to bring them along. And so, I mean, it was a, it was a, in a weird year there, there was some, if you're looking for a positive over the course of the, of a goofy year, at least some of the younger guys who are going to be key going forward. I had a chance to develop a bit. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget Jake Wallman either. Poor Jake Wallman, who who now is uh, sidelined after testing positive with COVID. But uh, yeah, I think they uh, I think they thought they might have something in in Mikola even entering the season. But but and he had you know he had some ups and downs, and and you could even see last night. Uh, you know he needs to work on his puck management and passing. But boy, does he 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 he's got some. Uh, uh, snarl in his game, a little bit of a snarl in his game, some, some strength. He's got the size and the reach, but I'm not sure that they knew what they had in, in, in Jake Wallman. And so, you know, they may have, they may have something there. Uh, Kyra right off the bat, they just told him, Hey, we want you to be in the top six. Remember they Sammy blaze shows up to camp. He's on the fifth line. And as we all know, that's like me in my high school basketball career. I was a seventh man in a six man rotation. So you're not going to play if you're on the fifth line. They gave that spot to Jordan Cairo and uh, he took it in and uh, ran with it again with the, as you mentioned, there were, there were so many, so many ups and downs. So uh, yeah, they, 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 they've got uh, a, a little something there in some of these uh, young guys and they made sure they got Clem Costin in uh, a couple games once he got back. And I thought Costin looked much, much better Thursday night and more comfortable uh, throwing his weight around a, a nice uh, skate semi rush and, and pass to, uh, to Cairo. As I tweeted last night, uh, hmm, Costin to Cairo, that, that has a nice ring to it for about the next, you know, 10 years. So uh, I think blues fans have uh, reason to, to feel maybe a little better about some of their younger players than, uh, than they did at the start of the season. That's, you know, it's going to be the big mystery surrounding this team over the next few days is how does Clem Costin fit in for the postseason? Have they seen enough? Uh, do they have room for him? You know, if Tarasenko, uh, you know, is not playing, can they get him in the lineup? And that's something uh, that we're going to be, it'll be interesting to see because there's a guy who played two games with this team. Does he fit in um, in this configuration? Yeah, and so that segues us to the uh, the playoffs and the first round matchup against Colorado, which comes up on Monday. And what's this team did not get itself playoff ready. I mean, let's be honest here. I think they played okay down the stretch. They won some games. They got some points. They did not get to the level they need to. So now they got to jump right into the playoffs with a with a team JT with with all the guys coming and going. You still don't know what the lineup is going to look like. Uh, for game one, because, you know, two key guys, Vince Dunn and, and uh, old 91 haven't been playing and 
the rest of the group has been, you know, a lot of guys in and out, including Costin. Um, Norm, this is not ideal going into the playoffs with uh, your chemistry still sort of um, scrambled. Yeah, and it, really, to to a large degree, it's been like that all season. They're they're up to almost eighty different line combinations. You know, the four lines that start a game, and that's that's about twenty more than they had in 71 games last year. So it's, it's just chaos. I, I can only imagine what the players think when they, when they walk into the room, look at the grease board and, and, uh, and, 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 and see the line. So uh, yeah, I, I think the one thing though, is that now they're kind of used to the chaos. They're, they're nothing uh, seems to phase these guys in, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the, uh, the lineup and and you're right we, we there, there still could be more changes you don't know what happens with uh, with Tarasenko uh, will Dunn be back in the uh, in the lineup so uh, you know Chiefs Chiefs got a lot to think about some of it could be out of his hands though if, if some of these guys aren't uh, are, aren't ready to play yeah you look at the defense I mean you know how confident do you feel going out there with the defense if you have to play Steven Santini? I mean, that's, I mean, no offense to Steven, but um, who I've never met because of how this world, the season has gone. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's, going, that's going down on the list. And probably they get Pareko back. He didn't play uh, last night. Baruby said he was, he was you know, banged up. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, we saw him walking around, walking to the, through the press parker today. He looked okay. Um, but who knows what's, what's happening. You know, they need to have their healthy guys. You know, Tarasenko, they have shown they can play without. Pareko is a different matter. If they don't have him, you know, that changes a lot of things and puts it in a bad place. So they, he needs to be there. He was looking great, you know, towards the end of the season, um, finally cracking up on, you know, back and pulling all the way back on slap shots and letting him go, um, doing his defensive stuff. Uh, but it's guys like that that they can't afford to be without. Yeah, and the Wallman thing is is really a tough blow because, as JT mentioned, this was a breakthrough for for, for Jake. And he played quite a bit down the stretch. Um, not always uh, smooth, but uh, for the most part, he held up nicely rushing the puck. And um, he goes to the – he gets back into the COVID scenario, and you think, how in the world can this happen? And then you look up and you see the New York Yankees just get crushed by – COVID, even though the bulk of the group had been been vaccinated. So it reminds us, one, that we're not out of the, the woods uh, on, the, on the COVID battle. So, JT, you got to be careful. And Tom and every, you know, you've already had your fun with it. And we all mm-hmm. have to be careful. But for Wallman, I mean, this pretty much just wipes him out. I mean, even if they advance, I suppose, he's still probably trying to get back into his uh, into the rhythm. Because this is a significant chunk of time that he's going to be away. Yeah. yeah, And and you just feel terrible for the guy because he uh, – he didn't have the, uh, the regular route to get to the, uh, uh, to get to the NHL. Uh, we've talked about it before on the net front, because we talk about everything <laughs> on the net front, all the blues players, uh, you know, back when he was even on, not even on the radar screen that, that he, you know, he, he was just frustrated because he, he wasn't getting an opportunity. And uh, so now they have players leave, they have injuries and, and he gets in the lineup and you're like, wow, look at this guy. What, what, what have they been saving this guy for? So, uh, after going through so much, finally arriving, and actually for a while, it looked like he'd even moved ahead of Mikola, uh, again, promising Nico Mikola uh, in terms of the pecking order. 
and, and now this happens and, and you're right, Jeff, who, who knows the longer he's out, uh, you know, and he, he, the, the more maybe he's going to need some practice time. Uh, we don't know if he, if he's asymptomatic or, or had symptoms, you would think in theory, since he's been vaccinated that, uh, he'd either be asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms, but, uh, you just don't know with, uh, uh, with COVID. Yeah. It should be 10 days if he's asymptomatic. And that's, I guess, a benefit of the blues playoff schedule starting as late as it does that that buys some time that maybe he missed the first two games. And then you see how he feels after that, but you know, with Vince Dunn, I mean, Vince Dunn's now missed 11 games. You're talking guys who have missed lots of time now. Um, you know, I'm, Tarasenko is up to eight out of nine games that he's missed. Um, you got guys who, who haven't played and the time that they've been out is becoming significant. Yeah. And then just to throw them right back in against a, a team like Colorado, which can just, uh, you know, just attack in a, in a moment's in a moment, the puck takes a funny bounce and it's and you're in huge trouble. Uh, you know, you're every shift is dangerous against Colorado. Now you're going to throw a D man out there who's been known to create some adventure and Vince Dunn. <laughs> You throw them out there flat-footed with no practice uh, against that group. Um, he yeah. makes one little mistake, and all of a sudden it's three-on-one, and uh, and and, you're, and Bennington's getting lit up. I mean, it's going to be tough to in, to put him back in unless the other guys just just fail. I guess. I mean, JT, it's going to be. I guess I'm guessing this lineup is going to could change every game. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and Chief, <clears throat> we know like most coaches. Uh, Craig Berube uh, is hesitant to change a lineup that that that's working, and they 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 went eight one and three uh, down the stretch against a, a, a very daunting schedule, almost all uh, playoff teams. So I I just wonder if you know if he's tempted to keep uh, uh, you know this is assuming Pareko's back, keep Mikola and Bortuzzo even if 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 Don is uh, if Don is healthy. And Tom makes a great point about Vince Don too missing all these games. He's He's been one of the most durable blues since he's been here. He's only missed a handful of regular season games. Now we do remember in the playoffs in the Stanley cup uh, run, uh, you know, he took the, that puck to the jaw and, and missed like six games. But as far as a regular season, he hasn't, he hasn't missed anything. And, 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 and so uh, uh, they, I, I think they, they, they miss his offense. Uh, obviously they don't miss the, they don't miss some, some of the hijinks uh, uh, that uh, Jeff referred to, but uh he would be a handy guy to have if he was if he was ready to go. One of the things about Colorado is that you know no lead is safe, and we've seen the Blues open up, you know, three to one leads in some games uh, and lose those games in the third period. So I mean, constant vigilance is going to be required of this team in the in this series because you know Colorado and Vegas too, if they had gotten them, can score goals in a hurry, and these games can turn around. And it's one of those things that they smell blood. Once they get one, who knows what happens? Uh, things can come really fast. So the Blues have got to be focused defensively and they, they got to keep going and they can't let up for a second because the game can change. You know, the good news is if you're looking for, for good news in this matchup, um, the, the Lanch have a lot of respect for Ryan O'Reilly. So the first two games, they're going to try to keep Nathan McKinnon away from Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly's playing at an incredible level. I mean, he just really is. I mean, it's it's through all the ups and downs of this team, O'Reilly's been amazing. And so the O'Reilly versus McKinnon potential is the one thing that um, 
that you would think would give Colorado pause. Otherwise, you know, with their mobile D, their ability to launch, you know, turn the offense around in a hurry, quick transition, all those great offensive defensemen, goaltenders playing well, good second line, dynamic first line, terrific power play. Um, it all lines up for Stan Kroenke's Iceman, but the one thing the Blues can hang their hat maybe or their helmet on is that uh, Ryan O'Reilly against McKinnon wouldn't say it's an equalizer, but it probably gives the, the Blues at least a fighting chance going in. Yeah, yeah, it does. And and O'Reilly and Perron. Perron had had, a, had an amazing season. Maybe doesn't do all the things that 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 O'Reilly does. I mean, O'Reilly, to me, O'Reilly away from the puck is as much fun to watch as uh, as uh, uh, O'Reilly with with the puck and 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 on offense. But uh, yeah, you you do have uh, that first line. And O'Reilly mentioned it uh, uh, last night, uh, shortly after he said we're going to beat these guys. Uh, he, uh, uh, you know, the Blues need to need to get their physical game going. They 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 need to uh, to hit the avalanche and and uh, uh, you know maybe maybe take some of the speed out of those legs. And uh, uh, the 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 Blues physical game is really uh, amped up uh, uh, down the stretch. I mean, they're uh, they've had games 30, 40, even forty hits in, in, in a game. So they 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 need to get that going. Of course, you need to be able to catch up to the guy in order to hit him. And uh, this is a, yeah, this is a speedy team there. there there's no doubt about it. And you know, when the blues played Colorado in St. Louis and could get the matchups they wanted every time, and they could get the people against the McKinnon line, that's when they were at their best. The, the first two in Colorado are going to be a challenge when it'll be tougher to get that matchup. And they're going to have to kind of have two lines prepared to, to stop them. And so that's uh That'll be some juggling um, on Craig Berube and on Mike Van Ryan's part with the defense. Yeah, and sticking with the uh, the forward lines for a moment, a <clears throat> couple things that are interesting. Uh, one, uh, Ivan Barbashev, you guys talk about physical play being picked up and the chief always seeking the balance to be able to have uh, his top six lines be able to match up against the other team's top six lines and, and not get you know um, destroyed. Uh, Ivan's uh, he moved up and gotten gotten a little bit. You know, he's done this periodically in his career. What do you guys see with that? Is that something that, that could continue? I know that it's hard to say what this lineup will look like, if, especially if 91 uh, is good to go. What do you do there? But interesting to mix him in, and he does seem to uh, to, to mix well uh, with the, with that group. Yeah, and, and this isn't the first time he, he's he's done that uh, uh, earlier, right before uh, he took the puck off the ankle and missed all that time. Barbashev was moved up with those guys, and, and he did very well then. Of course, I think just about anybody, I think any of us, well, maybe not me, could be put on a line with O'Reilly and Perron and, and, and you know, do a couple things. And uh, But, yeah, uh, Chief does have some things to think about. And, uh, again, you wonder if, hey, it was working in our most recent snapshot of play. So I'm going to open with Barbashev on that line with those guys uh, because uh, he has, he has been a, uh, a factor and he, he's a guy that'll work hard. Who's physical chief really likes it. Uh, of course he does when, when he goes to the net, uh, he, his last two goals, he's, he's knocked in his own uh, rebound. And I remember after the, uh, the first one, which is a few games back uh, that, that was a, a sequence where Barbashev actually shot twice, got his own rebound twice, and then scored in a third time. And Chief was giving him a pat on the back over on the bench, which you, you, you don't see a, a whole heck of a lot 
with him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would think that he'd start with, uh, with Barbashev uh, over there with uh, O'Reilly and Perron. Yeah, you know, then that has a trickle-down effect through the lineup because uh, if you have him there and then if you, they come up with the, the Sasky line of Shen Schwartz and Bozak, then you're looking at a third, you know, Tarasenko's on the third line now, you know, along with Hoffman and Thomas, you know, and you know, where does Jordan Cairo end up? So while you, you know, that Barbashev, you know, putting him on the top line or on the O'Reilly line helps that, but it, it is going to complicate things. Uh, further down, you know, was, if, if you're playing Cairo on the fourth line, it gets away from that fourth line, um, you know, uh, concept there of, uh, you know, being an energy group and you're taking a big offensive guy and giving him less time. So, uh, you know, as well as Barbershev works, it, it does change. Now, of course, if Tarasenko is not playing, then it doesn't, then you, you don't have that problem because then Cairo's on the third line. You know, and another, another interesting, uh, development and uh and i've been chastised here on in my uh, live chats and you guys have probably felt the sting of uh, objections too about being a little tough on on, on zach sanford but um you know it, it's not sunny in st louis right now because uh our favorite uh and chief's favorite uh, checking line center is not available till next season but you know it was interesting seeing uh, zach deployed in in more of a uh in that in that very important role with the group as, as the chief says, he, he wants that group uh, that fourth group really to be more than that in the playoffs. He needs a, He needs that to be a good line. Uh, Zach gets to move down there and he scores a nice goal, but what do you get? what do you guys think generally of uh, his play? He seemed engaged. He's, you know, a little bit of snarl had a nice goal, but overall, is that, is it sustainable to use Zach in more of that role? Well, first off, let me just say this. I miss the Swedes. I just had this thought last night at the rink. I miss Gunnarsson and Sundquist. So I miss the Swedes. Okay. So I got that out of my system. But uh, yeah, you don't know with Sanford. He's a guy you can just tell on the ice. He desperately needs confidence. Uh, uh, for, for a while now, he, he's almost been like eager to get rid of the puck. But the guy has skill. He's got size. He can be physical, although obviously they'd like to push him more down that, that line. He's got a, a wicked wrist shot. So uh, good hands. He he's even uh, throughout everything. He's, he's, he's been pretty good on defense. I mean, he's, 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 he, he's pretty much a regular now on the uh, a PK, which means Baruby's really got to trust someone to put him on the, uh, the PK, the PK, which has been, even though the overall numbers for the season aren't good, has been pretty good. Uh, down the stretch. So, so we'll see with Sanford. I mean, his history says that he runs very hot for a while and then he runs very cold and, you know, I don't, I don't know if one goal. And then, then he hit, he hit the bar with a, with a backhand. Does that pretend that he's about to get going a hot streak? I, I don't know, but uh, it, it would be good to see because of the, we, we all know fourth lines are energy. They're, they're hitting their defense, but uh, this fourth line is not, has hardly scored at all this season especially compared to, to recent blue seasons. So it'd be nice if uh, Sanford could get going, could find a home there and could score a goal every now and then. Zach Sanford got a little, a little chippy last night after the, the closing whistle, he got some, you know, got a, got a push in there, got some shoving going there, uh, little post-game antics there against the wild. So uh, maybe he's embracing uh, that role. You know, he can be physical. We, you know, he, he can, um, he needs to channel it into the right way though. 
you know, we looked uh, moving over to the defensive side, uh, you know, first of all, um, I guess you got to give a shout out to Tory Krug. You know, he comes back and uh, he's playing really well before he, he, he had to miss time and he came back and he's been playing really well. That's, that's accentuated when the team's playing well on the power play, the power play is working and he can really operate. That does put him more in the spotlight, but, but uh, you know, for what he is, for what he can do, for who he is, uh, I thought Tory Krug ended in a good place. That's the good news. The, the tough news is, though, you're playing the Avalanche now, and he's not Petro, and the Avalanche are the Avalanche. So I think a really good ending for Tory Krug to the season after he got – despite the injury. But, man, now we're really going to – he's about to get tested in ways that uh, – for him, he's never had to. He's never had to play this role in Boston – um, and he's got to play it here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's done better, uh, down the stretch in terms of, uh, kind of getting out muscled in front of the net. And a lot of that is just positioning, you know, and if you get to that spot first, it makes it tougher for, for the guy, uh, uh, to, 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 to get around you or to, or to get, get, get through you. So he's done better there, but, uh, you know, the, uh, biological or physics or whatever, they are what they are. He's a small guy. And, and, and so, yeah. And, and he's, he's playing more minutes. He has a, he has a, he has a, he has a bigger role. Uh, the Krug and Falk though, that tandem now they've, they've played a lot. I mean, they've, 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 uh, uh maybe like almost 40 games, uh, 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 together. So they, they should know each other pretty well. Uh, assuming Pareko's back. Uh, I agree. He was, he was playing really good. He looked almost pretty close to the old Pareko. He, he, he and Scandella. And then you just wonder about the third pairing. Bartuzzo has been fine since he, uh, uh, since he came back, uh, you know, the, the, the blues late season surge, the, uh, the eight, one and three finish corresponds exactly with when he came back in the lineup. He's been physical, but you know Bartuzzo isn't isn't much of a skater, and uh, you just wonder if that'll be exposed a little bit against this uh, this track team uh, over there at uh, uh, Colorado. Yeah, the the the, the trade off on Tory Krug is going to be you know he, the with him there the power play has been uh, pretty effective. Without him, it hasn't been as good. So if he can keep that going, uh, and but he's inevitably going to get, there's going to be times when he's going to go up against the McKinnon line. They won't be able to work their way around that. So they're going to be, there will be tests uh, for him. And that's, but everyone's going to have to be at the top of their game. I, this Colorado is going to be such a tough series. I mean, they are a team that may be the best. I mean, they won the president's trophy. They could be the best team in the league. Um, you know, the, there's going to be, everybody's got to be on their game uh, in this one, if they're going to win this series. Yeah, and one more on the D. Um, we've got to give, again, as we look back and really put a cap on the season and look forward at the same time. As far as putting a cap on the season, uh, the Justin Falk thing could not have gone better. I mean, none of us expected this type of performance, and he really finished on a good note. He got rewarded with a little bit of uh, some offense. Um, you know, he got to step into some more uh, PP time when Krug was down, and, uh, you know, he just – but he held up, and the Chief was able to rest him a, rest him a bit he's off him a bit this final week, but when the man's starting to play, when he's starting to rack up 26, 27 minutes and, and, and again, all tough, all these tough assignments, defensive, defensive zone starts, PK uh, matchups against top lines. I mean, I never, I can't even, I just can't believe how well he held up and how much confidence he's playing with. That's the good news. The bad news. Here come the Lanch. 
<laughs> yeah, and uh, you know the, the image I have of him is from Carolina is more of an offensive defenseman. Now, Chief said no, he's always been he's always been pretty good on defense. I I I think he's in my mind it looks like he's evolved a little bit as a, a, a as a player because he's uh, uh, you know he's highlighting maybe his 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 defense more. And does he have the reach of some of the the classic quote unquote uh, classic blues defenseman. No, but he's, he's a sturdy guy. He's more physical than, uh, uh, than you think. I mean, he's not a small person. He's just got a little condensed uh, uh, trunk there, which I can, uh, I can relate to in, uh, in, in, in some ways. So uh, yeah, he, it, it, it has really been eye opening to see him over the second half of the season and uh, have the burden of these uh, 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 minutes. Uh, they got to feel really comfortable with him uh, going into the postseason. Yeah, I don't know that I was expecting to see Justin Falk in a shutdown defensive pairing, but he, he has done that and has done it well. So uh, that's good. I mean, and this is, you know, this is why they traded for him. I mean, this this kind of season, uh, you know, last season we all, everyone was disappointed uh, or expected more and didn't get in. We're wondering what happened to Justin Falk. But, uh, you know, this year, this is why they got him and why they invested the money in him. And I think if you if you uh, pumped uh, uh, Doug Armstrong with truth serum, he said, "Oh no, I didn't expect him to play this well. I thought he'd be a good I thought he'd be a good good addition to the team. But no, he's I think he's exceeded even Armstrong's expectations because this guy racked up a lot of minuses in in Carolina. But uh, so I I know they're all trying to make it seem like oh we knew he was a really good player. But uh, you got to know the Chiefs surprised as well, and that's a good thing because that's a, a guy that Justin Falk took a bad year and uh, owned it, owned up to it." didn't back away from it and uh, came out and just played better. And it's not been easy, you know, with all these other guys coming and going and he's just been a bulwark back there. So good for him. Uh, last topic on the net front, uh, Jordan Bennington, he said the blues were coming. I guess they did. Um, I wouldn't say Jordan's back anywhere like what he was at the end of the regular season in 19, but man, he's battling and they're winning games. And so, you know, as Tom would say, you know, his job is to keep the other team from scoring one more goal than his team. So JT, I, you know, given where he was earlier this year and where he is now, I guess that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he seems more focused. Uh, he uh, uh, seems to be, uh, you know, not letting in the, uh, uh, the, the, the so-called uh, soft goals, which he, he, he did during his bad stretch, but no, he's, he's, he's not at his 18, 19 level, but he's uh, since the, uh, uh, the Barubi, he's, he's got to find his, uh, swagger, uh, quote. He, he's been pretty good. I mean, it's almost like he heard that and responded to it. I mean, he's under, uh, uh since then, and it's about 13 starts. He's under two and a half, uh, 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 goals a game. He's like 240 something, which you, you can live with. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's pretty good. But so you, you feel more confident in him. I think you feel more confident in the defense, but is this a defense, uh, that can thrive or even survive in the postseason is Bennington the type of goalie. Is he at the stage where he can maybe get hot and carry a team? I, you know, I, I, I don't know about that. Baruby last night in talking about the first period saying one of the, you know, you, you got to play for your goalie too. And uh, I think he felt that, you know, the team was not doing enough uh, for Jordan Bennington to get him, um, you know, through the game, uh, which they did afterwards because of, Minnesota stopped having shots on goal after that. So, 
Um, he's, you know, he's getting there and, and, you know, it's always comes down to goalies. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, goalies win you games, goalies win you playoff series. Uh, the Blues can't do this without Jordan Bennington. Uh, the unanswered question, though, uh, could JT have stopped Alex Iafalo? <laughs> no, no. And it, it, it was really cool, uh, even though they're letting fans in at Staples to be 20 rows up. That's where the press area was. And so it's just a different looking game down there. Now I see how the other half live, the people that have those uh, fancy uh, seats, you know, and, and uh, it, it was a rocket. And uh, maybe goalie see five, 10 shots like that a game, but it was, it was a rocket, but I, I just thought he could have, could have stopped it. But, you know, I'm very pleased with our, uh, we, again, we've given extra to the readers, uh, readers, listeners on that front. We've given them coughing. We've given them phone ringing and Tom, you know, teams always have like t-shirt sayings as they get ready for a playoff run. He gave us one constant vig- vigilance. Maybe the blues could put that on the constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. What do you think? It may yeah, have too I, many syllables, but, uh, you know, it's worth a try. Yeah, I thought uh, constant uh, vigilance opened up for Social D over at uh, Pops uh, a couple years ago. But uh, <laughs> I love their drummer. He was he was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a pretty intense guy. But all right, well, that's it for this edition of the Net Front. Uh, next time around, you'll be we'll be talking about the playoffs and how our heroes have held up against the uh, the Lanch in uh, the Mile High City. But it's, it's great to have playoff hockey. It's great to have playoff hockey outside of a bubble. And however long it lasts, we will see. But uh, so for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. Thanks for listening. Uh, catch all of our podcasts on stltoday.com. They're pretty hard to miss on our website. You can also use your favorite podcast app. Until next time, see ya. <laughs>